Hey, all right, look, there we are. Welcome, it's John Park's workshop. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we have got all kinds of stuff that I'm gonna try to cram into today's show. Uh, you may have noticed the, uh, the little name there for the title of the show, Egg Drop. So we're gonna do something involving eggs. Actually, I don't know if I'll break any actual eggs. I think we're mostly using virtual eggs here today. Uh, but thanks for joining. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, you can participate in the chat there. I'll keep an eye on that. And then most of the other chat is in our Discord. So you can uh, go and, and search for the Adafruit Discord if you don't know where that is um, and sign up and you'll see a bunch of good people chatting there, asking questions, throwing in comments, uh, lots of puns. Beware of that. Uh, if you're over in uh, Facebook land, which reminds me to actually turn on the Facebook feed, so there it goes, uh, or Twitch or some of those other places, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us. And if you're looking for where the chat is, I uh, recommend that you check out the Adafruit Discord because that's where it is. Uh, all right, hey, thanks, C. Grover, who's keeping an eye on my uh, audio levels. Voice sound level is great. Good, I, I put it up a little higher than usual. I need to move my little sticker. I have a sticker on my mixer that tells me uh, where I usually want that, and I've, I've crept that up a little bit. Uh, all right, well, let's see. What are we going to do? What are we going to start with? How about uh, I mention our jobs board. Did you know we have a jobs board at jobs.adafruit.com? Uh, and our jobs board, let me, let me open it up over here in uh, a browser, uh, is totally free. So you can sign up to uh, post a position if you're looking to hire someone, if you're looking to hire uh, a full-time job at a company or a contract position if you have uh, some work that needs to be done. In fact, looks like we have a new one here I hadn't seen before, which is a creative code and design instructor. Oh, no, I did see that one. I mentioned that one before, I think. I'm a liar. But look at this one. Small job, contract basis, and they're looking for someone with some Arduino and ESP8266 skills. So that could be an interesting uh, one to check out. And uh, you can also post up your uh, resume if, you, if you're uh, looking to get hired. So go check it out, jobs.adafruit.com. Uh, and I also wanted to mention that our Make Code newsletter uh, is going to be coming out pretty soon with a new edition. We do it monthly. And you can go to uh, adafruitdaily.com to sign up. There's a few different uh, newsletters that we put out and you can sign up for any that interest you. We also uh, solemnly promise to never spam you uh, with any information other than just the newsletter that you've asked for and you can cancel at any time, no restrictions. So uh, check it out, sign up for the Make Code newsletter if you're interested in seeing the new issue which will be coming out next week. Uh, and I also had a uh, sort of new segment, a quick little new segment. I do this sometimes anyway, but I've given it a formal name. Uh, and that is uh, a new gear report. So there's some new gear I wanted to mention. Uh, oh, is my... I've, 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 <laughs> I've activated Siri on my iPad. I'm not sure how. <laughs> what did I say? That was weird. Uh, and Siri doesn't care that I've got the volume turned down. Does Siri? Jeez Louise. Um, so new gear report. I've got some new gear. I just, uh, I just bought this uh, new piece of gear from uh, Electrosmith. And let me, let me pop over to the uh, overhead to show you a couple pieces of cool new gear. Um, this is a synthesizer module. And you've seen me use these um, modular synthesizers before on the show. So this here is a um, 
a set of modules, sort of pre-made. Some of these are kits. But the interesting thing about uh, the little Electrosmith module is that it is a sub-module. So it's essentially all the circuitry you'd find on a big honkin' uh, Eurorack module. It's not that big, but, you know. Uh, and it plugs in with some uh, feathers into, uh, some feathers, some headers into a little uh, header pin. And then it's up to you to come up with the audio outs and the potentiometers you want to use. But everything is on there. You can feed it power from the, the uh, typical Eurorack power supply. Uh, you can also use it in non-Eurorack ways. This is the same module they use for full-scale um, Moog-sized modules, as well as if you want to make a little desktop synth. So check that out. I'm excited about that. Um, and in fact, the reason I became aware of these uh, guys at Electrosmith, the people, good people at Electrosmith, uh, is that they have a Kickstarter that looked really interesting. Uh, and it is a similar sort of thing, except this is a, it's called Daisy, and it is a, um, let, me, let me show you that screen right there. Let's pop pop back over there. Uh, it is sort of an audio experimentation board, so it has lots of audio I.O. Uh, you'll be able to code it in MicroPython, among other things, and it'll also be able to take things like pure data patches. So kind of exciting, uh, keeping an eye on that. It's been funded, um, and uh, I think they've, they've got a proven track record of putting out gear, so I, I feel like it's safe to to mention that one if people are interested. So um, kind of along the lines of Teensy plus a DAC. This has the, the digital audio converter built on, plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, that's my new gear report. Uh, I don't want to spend too much more time on it, but there you go. Those are some things I'm excited about. Oh, I just blinked myself out of existence. Um, what else have we got? Oh, hey. How about a coupon code? So today's egg drop theme inspired, actually my sister is visiting and I asked her what the coupon code could likely be and she said double yolk or double yolk, depending on how you pronounce it. But so double yolk, double dash yolk will get you 10% off in the Adafruit store. Uh, that's good on any good physical items that you can uh, desire and, and imagine uh, going and, and purchasing for yourself, put in your cart. On the way out, uh, type in this coupon code, you get 10% off. It's not good on gift certificates, subscriptions, or software, but it's good on real stuff. Uh, and since I mentioned real stuff, how about a product of the week pick for you? So uh, this is my product of the week pick. Uh, and in fact, I'll, I'll head back over to the bench in a second because I have a kind of cool demo of this. This is the Quad Digital Audio Converter, or DAC, uh, breakout board. It's the MPC4728 is the name of the chip. We've broken it out onto this cool little board. I have it over there so I can't hold it up for you. Um, that has two Stemma QT connectors. So it uses I squared C uh, to communicate with your microcontroller. Uh, and we've made it really easy to plug into. You don't even need to breadboard it or put on pins if you don't want to. Um, what does this do? What does it give you? It gives you four digital to analog converters, which is great for boards that might have just one analog, true analog output, or none. Uh, and it allows you to control things uh, like LEDs, uh, things like um, dial gauges, which I'll show you. Um, and it's really smooth. I believe it is a 12-bit, um, there, there are four 12-bit uh, DACs on there. So take a look, actually. Let me pop, pop this overhead, and I'll just slide this into view here. I have a clue board here that is connected to our little DAC. And then I have four of these little uh, needle gauges. 
and I'm sending anywhere from zero to 3.3 volts. I'm using the, the clue has a 3.3 volt reference. So uh, you can see there, I'm just moving them up to their max and back, uh, but really nice and smoothly. Uh, so there are, there are all sorts of different uses you could come up with uh, for having true analog out. And uh, I thought this was a, a neat way to demonstrate it. Um, it would probably not be too hard to transform this into a clock. If you've ever seen people do uh, needle gauge based clocks, uh, it's, it's a, a pretty direct and easy way. We have really nice CircuitPython libraries for this. Uh, also Arduino, I'm running this in CircuitPython. Uh, and you can see you get a really nice smooth output from that DAC. So that's my pick of the week, uh, is the lovely little quad DAC board. So go check it out. Uh, all right. Hey, look, that's too many of me. Let's pull a couple of those off of there. So what I'd love to do next uh, is take you into a little world that I like to call the Make Code Minute. All right, let's get some things set up here. Let's, uh, let's pop open a uh, Chrome browser with make code running in it. And in fact, I'll make that version of me. And do I have a little, I thought I had a little version of my, no, I don't have a little version of that one. All right, it'll just be me there. I'll switch cameras to show this. So uh, what I wanted to show today in the make code minute is how you can use JavaScript to alter the functionality of some of your code blocks to do things that the code blocks themselves can't do. Uh, so what am I talking about here? Let's take a look at my overhead. And uh, I have a Circle Playground Express here. When I press the A button, you'll see I'm gonna light up the LEDs one at a time, starting with LED zero and running up to LED nine. And that's easy to do in blocks, I'll show you how. The thing that's not so easy to do in blocks is to run it in reverse. So I'm using this B button and that actually takes them from nine back down to zero. Uh, so how do you do that? Let's take a look at the, uh, the code for this here and I can zoom way up in there. So here's what happens when I press button A. Um, I am setting all the pixels to black and then I'm using this for loop. And the for loop essentially takes a variable that's called index in this case and it runs it as zero to the number that you put at the top of this thing. So it's gonna run it 10 times. It's gonna go zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Each time it iterates, it adds one to that index value. So that means that we can set the pixel color at LED zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I'm pausing a little bit between them. But there is no block that allows me to change this number. I can't say go from nine to zero and subtract. So I'm gonna do that in JavaScript. And the way to do that is to just take uh, our code from blocks over to JavaScript. And what I did was I just looked at how did that first one work. I copied and pasted that and then I reversed things. So I said, here's my, here's my duplicate of it. I said, let's take that uh, index and give it a new name. So it's unique. So I said reverse index, rev index is nine. As long as it is larger than or equal to zero, we're gonna proceed. And then every time the loop runs, we do this rev index minus minus, which is the same as minus one. Uh, the rest of the code is the same. And so you can see here in the simulator, I can run forward and I can run backwards. Uh, if I head back to blocks, there is my code block. It, uh, it gets it. It realizes, okay, you did something over in JavaScript. 
We can't represent that in pre-baked blocks, but we'll give you this little gray uh, sort of non-editable block that shows you what that code is, which is your signal to head on over to JavaScript land if you want to edit that. Uh, and so that is a way that you can get new functionality from a block by heading over to JavaScript inside of make code. And that is your make code minute. Hey, all right. My gosh, that's still so many of me. There I am. Uh, all right. So how do you like that? I've, I, uh, actually, my friend Todd, Todd Kurt, you, you uh, may know him as Toddbot. He mentioned uh, recently that I should start showing some JavaScript inside of make code stuff. So that uh, I've, I've popped in there occasionally before, but that's my sort of first uh, dedicated um, segment on that. And I'll probably do some more. I, won't, I don't know if I'll do them every week, but I'll, I'll, I'll pepper those in. I'm um, also looking forward to Python showing up in there. I think it's shown up in the make code arcade version and maybe the micro bit version. So I'm, I'm hoping eventually we'll have that in there as well. Uh, so the next thing I want to do was show you my uh, make code arcade game pick of the week. And uh, the let me pop up my browser here and head on over to this game, which is called North Shore Winter Adventure by the Cobalt Kid. And uh, let's, let's have a look at it, because this is beautiful. Uh, it says here, I found this on the MakeCode forum on uh, Microsoft's forum.makecode.com. Uh, it says, ride your snowmobile with, and dodge obstacles on the way to your next destination. Uh, selecting a higher experience level will increase the speed of your sled. Um, and actually, if you'll bear with me, I'm going to try something new, which is I shot uh, a little video of me playing this, or just the screen grab, uh, because I think that'll be smoother than me playing it. There's something uh, jerky often with, with trying to play these back through my broadcast software. So uh, give me a moment. I'm going to add a video clip because I forgot to do it earlier. I will admit. Uh, okay, and there you can see. Uh, oh, and look, I can talk to you while I'm not trying to play because that's good. You know, I'm a terrible multitasker. Uh, so you can uh, dodge obstacles and you can go either faster or slower. Uh, and you'll see here there's some really nice cut scenes. Uh, the, at a moment here, the game takes over. So you can see it's kind of slowly pulling into the next uh, cabin on the, uh, the north shore of, I think, Lake Superior it was. Uh, and we picked up uh, a, uh, a friend to ride along with. And so I've played it on different uh, difficulty levels. It is very difficult on the difficult level. Uh, I think there's more obstacles and it moves faster. Uh, but it's really a beautifully done game. Uh, it is large. And in fact, I believe the COBOL kid who created it said that they were unable to upload the blocks version. Uh, so this is just the JavaScript version. But I, I think there was some... Uh, uh, suggestions by Pelly and other people to uh, create a GitHub uh, version of it, which would allow you to see the Blocks version as well. Uh, so that's my game pick of the week. It is North Shore Winter Adventure. And again, really impressive how fully realized of a game this is. Great looking artwork, really nice parallax, which is the, the different speeds with which uh, layers of background move by and foreground move by. Uh, so I encourage you to check it out. And that is my Make code arcade game pick of the week. All right. Um, so 
now let's talk about eggs. We've teased it enough, right? Um, I want to show you, let's, let's head on over the workbench, what we've, what we've got cooked up. And it's not those. Let me move those out of the way. Uh, what we have cooked up is a, in fact, let's, let's, uh, let me go full, whoa, let me go full screen me for a second. Huh, I can't get those cameras out of there. Um, we'll do it like that. So you may remember from school, uh, or maybe you're still in school, the uh, science experiment of dropping an egg from maybe 12 or 15 feet of height and constructing a very lightweight but effective shock absorption system or crushing of egg mitigation system. Sometimes this involves um, parachutes and things that slow, slow it down through wind resistance. Sometimes this involves rubber bands and toothpicks and styrofoam or bubble wrap. Um, and so what we decided to do was use the fact that we have a really nice accelerometer built into the clue board, which I happen to have over here, uh, to act as a test bed, uh, test platform for determining how many G's uh, of force are being applied when this device drops. So I have this right now built into a neat little 3D printed case that Jay Dosher, you may know him as back7.co online, uh, gave to me recently. Um, but the idea here is that I've got a little battery plugged in. I've got some CircuitPython code, which we'll take a look at in a moment running on here. And I have a cute little uh, bitmap image of this happy egg. Uh, and it's telling me what my maximum slope is of the g-force rating. So if I reset it here and hold it pretty slow, we, we should be at about 1g. I think it starts off at zero and then it'll, it'll take a few samples. Um, but we should be at about 1g, which is gravity. Um, now what'll happen is if I drop this from a great enough height, it's going to detect a large enough difference between the resting uh, force and the new force to indicate that we've either broken the egg or not. And we can tune that threshold value, which I'll show you when we look into code. When that happens, uh, we will see the graphic change to a broken egg. Not so happy broken egg with the yolk spilling out of his brains. It's actually disgusting. If you think about it too much, please don't. Uh, and it'll also indicate down on the readout here what that maximum G slope was. So I'm going to drop this. And you, you may also hear we've got a little buzzer, a little piezo buzzer built onto there. And that's going to sound as well if I drop it from a great enough height and don't cushion it. So here we go. I'm going I'm to take my microphone and put it near here. All right. I probably didn't need to remove the mic for you to hear that. Um, and you can see, unfortunately, we're going to listen to that. I don't have a way to mute that right now. Uh, we'll listen to that while we look at it. So here we have, kind of muffle it. Uh, the max slope was 4.7 Gs. And there is the uh, very sad somewhat injured, but maybe the egg will recover, uh, egg. So let's take a look at the code that we have running on this. And uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm really excited about the clue board and the fact that we've packed so many sensors onto it because it makes this type of uh, experimentation and nice looking displays possible as well as something I haven't done uh, on this code yet. Actually, Lamore just sent me this code this morning and I, I haven't had a chance to tune it much, but I'd like to add some uh, uh, user interface using the buttons to do things like reset it and uh, change uh, values of the maximum threshold, 
turn off the buzzer when you're done listening to the buzzer. Uh, so let's look at, uh, I can give you a nice little close-up first for a second. There's our egg. Sorry, I've got my uh, little overhead camera here set to a pretty low exposure. There we go. That's a little bit better. Um, so there, there he is. There's our happy little egg. And let's take a look at, uh, I'll show you in Moo, my Moo code editor. Whoops. There's Moo. Uh, and let me open it so I can see it too. Uh, all right, so what's happening here? The first things we're doing are we're importing some libraries. So we need the time library so that we'd be able to do things like pause or, or uh, update at a certain rate. We're importing the math library because we're using that to determine some of these, um, uh, some of the math behind the uh, impact uh, vector and the uh, resting um, value of, of gravity on it. Uh, we're using the, the board, bus IO, pulse IO, and then here's the uh, actual accelerometer itself. This is the LSM6DS. That's the name of the accelerometer um, package that's on the Clue. And so we're importing that library as well as the accelerometer range, uh, accelerometer high-pass filter, which allows us to um, filter the results a little bit so we don't get sporadic spiky readings, and the rate. Um, and we're also bringing in the display text, and that's what allows us to display that line of code down at the bottom, or the, the readout at the bottom, rather. Uh, display I.O. and terminal I.O. are also part of displaying that. Uh, we are then uh, setting up a couple of BMP files to uh, show up. So these are 240 by 240 pixel 16-bit BMP files. Uh, and then we draw the, the good egg one. We start out happy. And we show this, uh, we, we add this text group and display it, which says the current and max acceleration, which is uh, what it sort of wakes up at, and then push that to the display. Uh, then we wake up the accelerometer or instantiate it with this name sensor. Uh, and we set it up for, so these accelerometers can actually be set to read in different rating um, zones. So you can set the sensitivity depending on your needs. If you're doing some small detection of motion, uh, for example, you might use a 1G uh, range. We're actually using the 16G range so that we're able to more accurately measure large impacts. Uh, we don't get as much accuracy as many uh, uh, fine steps, but it allows us to uh, differentiate 8G from 16G, for example. Uh, and we're setting the rate uh, that we're, we're checking that and setting up this high-pass filter uh, so that we we filter the results, and we're also instantiating the buzzer, so that's why pulse I.O. is used there, and that's, uh, it's, it's like a piezo buzzer, it's pulsing that uh, at a frequency for the pitch, so here it's set to 1,000 hertz. Uh, then we have a max slope, which starts out at zero, and we say the egg is okay is true, and that's all set up, so those are variables that are set up for the main code loop, which is this, so in this while true uh, section, we have, um, sorry, I was just being paranoid and checking my, that my audio output was working since I had problems last week. Um, so inside of here, we set up the, um, the readings of X, Y, and Z axes on the board. So that's this X, Y, and Z equals the sensor dot acceleration, which is a, a three-value tuple. Uh, and then we set up this equation for the slope G, which is using the math square root. So remember, we imported the math library, so using the math square root, and then we're multiplying uh, x by x plus y plus y plus, uh, or y times y plus z 
times z and dividing that by uh, the uh, gravity, 9.9 .9, uh, meters per second squared. And then this is where we start testing, are we um, free falling? So essentially when the uh, g's read zero, it means we have, we're free falling, there's no gravity acting on it, so we know we've dropped it. And then we test against the big change. So it's this uh, difference between the initial gravity and the change that determines how strong that impact was. Um, I think, and I haven't, so I haven't tested this much with real eggs yet, but I think real egg crackage uh, is something uh, around six to eight Gs, um, but I'm not certain, don't quote me on that. Actually, it was a really great video that Sean Heimel did for doing egg drop inside of make code on the micro bit. Uh, and I believe he was testing against 8Gs, but I might have I might have gotten that wrong. Um, I will end up trying that. We'll, we'll figure that out, uh, and I'll be putting that inside of the guide. But uh, what we can look at right now is in uh, testing it, when, we, when I determine that, so there's a couple experiments to run, um, if we get a value that we're satisfied, the egg will probably survive if it's below, let's say it's 4Gs, then that is the value I'll set right here. And I can zoom in on this, I think, a little more. Uh, so this value of the max slope is greater than this value, greater than or equal to this value, and the egg is okay, uh, that is our threshold. So if we set this to, let's say, 4, uh, I'll leave it at 3 actually since I know that was, that was setting this off right now for these small experiments we'll do. But that's where you'll, you'll set that to sort of calibrate against an egg. Um, so with that running then, uh, let's take a look at some of the sort of experiments that you can run. I'll um, head back over to the workbench, and what we want to do is see if we can cushion the fall of this. So I have a little battery on here, by the way, so that's um, when I'm plugging it into USB, that's just to code it. Uh, but as you can see here, there he is, uh, running off of a little battery that I've set in the back here. Uh, so right now, I'll hit the reset button on the back. Um, like I said, I didn't do other UI for it yet. Okay, and I'll drop it from non-scientifically about a qubit, my arm length there. Okay, so that's, that's setting it off right now, and it said that that was 5.7 Gs. So I'll reset that, and then uh, there are some things that we can do to try to make uh, it survive the fall. Here's, here's one that I'm, I'm guessing will work pretty well, which is to take some bubble wrap. And, uh, well, let's try just bubble wrap. Does, does just the thin layer of bubble wrap cushion it enough? Um, we'll try kind of the thinnest layer we can do, which is just inside of this bubble wrap bag. And again, dropping from the same height. Yeah, it did not protect it. I think I even heard a piece of bubble wrap pop. Um, so I'll reset that. But now I'm curious if you start to um, double this up or triple this up, that could be... Uh, giving us both some cushioning as well as some wind resistance. Um, so it might not get to terminal velocity. Nope, it beeped still. Uh, so now what I'll do is try um, sort of a shock absorption idea I had, which was to take a couple of these solo cups. Um, I'll place it in, whoops, <laughs> I'll set it off. I'll place it in this smaller cup. And then I want to give it a, um, a chance to dampen as it kind of falls inside of this bigger cup with a little bit of uh, 
bubble wrap again just to act as, as a barrier from it immediately dropping. So I'm going to tear off a little slice of this, set this in here, and then my hope is when it drops it'll pull that down in and there'll be some friction um, that will cause it to, to ease that drop. So here we go, about the same height. Nope, it's still too sensitive. Uh, so I'm beginning to think that that is definitely too, uh, too low of a threshold because I, I really doubt an egg would break given that scenario. Um, but the, yeah, that was still saying what, let, let's try that actually, let's see what the, the value is because that's interesting. And I was also talking with uh, Sedacious who implied that he has a lot of experience with parachutes, so maybe he's a, a skydiver. Uh, and he said he does not think a parachute is going to help an egg much, but I do have a toy parachute I'll try it with. Oh, it fell out. Oh, it was not, <laughs> it wasn't running. That's a, not a good way to test it. Let's reset it. I think I double clicked our reset but button, which sent it into bootloader mode. Oh, what's going on here? All right. Oh, it's not happy now. I've done something terrible. Oh, I wonder if my battery's dying. I think the battery power could be giving us problems. Let's look at we let's look and see if we give it full USB power because that might be it. I'm not sure how juiced up that battery was. Let's see. No, okay. Let's go to the computer. Let's see if we can recover this. I also can't read these uh, <laughs> the little screen on here that well without my glasses because that is tiny. Uh, let's bring up a overhead there. I'm putting on some glasses. This is saying, yeah, code running waiting for reload. It's getting a runtime error, SDA or SCA. Oh, I wonder if something got uh, jarred. That, that could be an I squared C error where it's saying, I don't see a sensor that you're trying to talk to. Hmm. All right, make your cushioning good because I may have just uh, dislodged something. Yeah, that might not be good. I might have to go to a different clue. All right, this is how you know it's live. Let's see if we can go to the bootloader. So I'm double clicking my uh, reset button, which sends it. Yeah, so I'm seeing clue boot. So I'm going to press it once and see. Uh, I can show you in, uh, I should be able to show you in Moo if we're getting any serial output now. This is the message that was uh, showing up in the REPL on the screen there that would be very small. So let's do reset. Mm-hmm, nothing? Huh, no, we're not seeing any output. It might be because it's only going to that screen. All right, well, I've broken it. Um, I do have another clue I could pop in there, but I think you get the idea, and we're really running close on time, so we'll leave it at that, um, the, the realities of breaking your stuff while you're testing. But hey, I broke no eggs. Um, so I'll be putting up a uh, learn guide on this as I, as I work through whatever error was that and maybe resolder a part that I dislodged. 
Uh, and uh, you'll be able to follow along with that and see what kind of um, cushioning you can build for both your clue and your egg. Um, I would also say some of my earlier testing was just dropping it straight onto my workbench and bouncing it around. Maybe don't do that. Maybe start with your ideas of cushioning uh, rather than, than calibrating it through violence. So uh, That is it. Before I go, I want to mention again double yoke, which is our coupon code. That'll get you 10% off on the way out. Uh, and that's good on any real goods, not gift certificate subscriptions or uh, software. And I think that's all we have. So I want to thank everyone for stopping by. I will, um, let's check in actually before we go, let's check in on Discord. Uh, especially because sometimes Discord says, hey, we know what you just did wrong on that and can fix it. So I'll check that before I go. Anyone have any ideas? Where's my Discord? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you like calibrating through violence. Let's see. Uh, durability of Clue is in question now, yeah. I, I may have been a little too violent on this one, and to it I apologize. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll uh, post something if I, if I bring that one back from the dead. I'm not sure what, what uh, bad thing I might have done. Uh, someone said, try aluminum foil. That's what SpaceX uses in the legs of the boosters. Oh, like to crush it? That's interesting. Uh-oh, you said there's an audio desync. I wonder if that's because I clicked away onto, um, over onto Discord. All right, I don't want you to watch me uh, out of sync any longer than that, so I'm going to sign off. But thank you all so much for stopping by. Uh, for Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park. This has been John Park's Workshop, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.